how is God inviting you to use your voice to testify of his goodness in your life so that other people can know the love of God, see the power and the transformation, the revelation that he can bring in their life, the breakthrough, simply from your testimony, simply from sharing what God has done in your life. Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hey, welcome back to the final episode of our Oh Weary World Rejoice Advent series. This is part five of five. Thank you for coming on the journey with me. And if you're catching this at some other time, I just need you to know that this nativity traditional scripture for Christmas is not just for Christmas. So if you're listening to this in January, February, March or beyond, awesome. Like this stuff still works. The The word of God is alive and active and uh, you don't need to dive into this only at Christmas time. But if you are listening to this when it's recorded and posted, I hope you had a wonderful holiday and you saw God's hand at work. You know, it may not have been perfect or in any way, shape or form, and that's okay because God is in it and he's with you and he loves you. And that's exactly what we are, what we're learning and what we're reminding ourselves of as we read these passages. So before I go into today's deeper scripture, I want to do a recap. I want to read to you a bit from Luke, the beginning of Luke chapter one, some of the verses that we've already gone over in the first four parts. And then we're going to dive into week five, the rejoicing, which really centers around Mary's song, the Magnificat. So here we go. So Luke Dr. Luke, we remember him, is starting in chapter one, and and I'm reading out of the voice translation for anybody that, that cares and is taking notes. And he writes, for those who love God, several other people have already written accounts of what God has been bringing to completion among us. Using the reports of the original eyewitnesses, those who were there from the start to witness the fulfillment of prophecy. Like those other servants who have recorded the messages, I present to you my carefully researched, orderly account of these new teachings. Even as I read that, my soul settles, my mind settles, and I hope yours does too, to know that Dr. Luke is not just making stuff out of thin air, making up sort of the best fictional novel that ever has been written. No, he is saying that he has researched, he is writing from accounts of other people. And he says in verse four, I want you to know that you can fully rely on the things you have been taught about Jesus, God's anointed one. And in verse five, it says, to understand the life of Jesus, I must first give you some background history events that occurred when Herod ruled Judea for the Roman empire. And then he goes into the story of Zechariah, who was serving as a priest. We know this. And then he and his wife, Elizabeth, have a miracle baby, John the Baptist. And so when Elizabeth is six months pregnant, this is where we pick up in the rest of our story here and the rest of the narrative. 
So I am jumping down to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Six months later in Nazareth, so Elizabeth is pregnant, and now we are jumping into Mary's story. A city in the rural province of Galilee, the heavenly messenger Gabriel made another appearance. This time the messenger was sent by God to meet with a virgin named Mary, who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David himself. The messenger entered her home. And the angel said, Greetings, you are favored, and the Lord is with you. Among all women on earth, you have been blessed. The heavenly messenger's words baffled Mary, and she wondered what type of greeting this was. The messenger said, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Listen, you are going to become pregnant. You will have a son, and you must name him Savior or Jesus. Jesus will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the son of the highest God. God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever. And Mary asks, but I have never been with a man. How can this be possible? The messenger replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you. That's why this holy child will be known as not just your son, but also the son of God. It sounds impossible, but listen, you know your relative Elizabeth has been unable to bear children and is now far too old to be a mother. Yet she has become pregnant as God willed it. Yes, in three months, she will have a son. So the impossible is possible. With God. Mary pondered and decided in her heart and said, Here I am, the Lord's humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me. And the heavenly messenger was gone. Mary immediately got up and hurried to the hill country in the province of Judah, where her cousins Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. When Mary entered their home and greeted Elizabeth, who felt her baby leap in her womb, Elizabeth, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth shouted, You are blessed, Mary, blessed among all women, and the child you bear is blessed, and blessed I am as well that the mother of my Lord has come to me. As soon as I heard your voice greet me, my baby leaped for joy within me. How fortunate you are, Mary, for you believe that what the Lord told you would be fulfilled. What is Mary's response? Here is where we pick up in verse 46. And we know that Mary is deeply moved by these amazing encounters with the angel Gabriel and then with her cousin Elizabeth. We know that her response cannot be contained in just a normal everyday language. Her soul overflows with a type of poetry. It's too beautiful to just let it sit in like an email. And this poetry isn't simply religious. It's not just like religious. It has powerful social and political overtones. She's going to be speaking of a great reversal and and really what some might call a social, economic, political revolution. So I want to read it to you and then we'll dive into it a little bit. Luke chapter one, verse 46. And Mary says, my soul lifts up the Lord. My soul, my spirit celebrates God, my liberator, 
For though I'm God's humble servant, God has noticed me. Now and forever, I will be considered blessed by all generations. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is God's name. From generation to generation, God's loving kindness endures for those who revere him. God's arm has accomplished mighty deeds, the proud in mind and heart. God has sent away in disarray. The rulers from their high positions of power, God has brought down low. And those who are humble and lowly, God has elevated with dignity. The hungry, God has filled with fine food. The rich, God has dismissed with nothing in their hands. To Israel, God's servant, God has given help. As promised to our ancestors, remembering Abraham and his descendants in mercy forever. Verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth in Judea for the next three months and then returned to her home in Galilee. What do we notice from Mary's song? What is she sharing with us in this beautiful, beautiful poetry that has been made into song and choral song over the years? We know that like Hannah, the mother of Samuel, Mary glorifies God in her song. She glorifies him for what he was going to do for the world through her. Now, if you're going to compare Mary's song and Hannah's song, we notice that God is pictured as a champion of the poor, a champion of the oppressed and the despised and the outsiders and the marginalized, the ones on the fringe. God is paying attention. He is bringing justice. This song tells us more than anything really in the New Testament about, about Mary's character, about her, her spiritual fitness, if so to speak, for her destiny. You know, she was, she was the one who searched the scriptures and really, despite being young, she was able to enter into the deepest meaning. She knows what she's talking about. We, know, we notice that here in her song. Can you imagine being a teenager of that, at that age and, and really understanding the religious history, the social and political history, and knowing that what she's birthing, what she's bringing into the world through God himself is actually going to overturn those oppressive systems, those political systems. And yet we know that Jesus doesn't come, you know, on a white horse riding in with a sword and guns ablazing. No, he comes to bring in a very, very different kind of kingdom. And that's what we're trying to understand. That's as kingdom people, at least that's what I'm trying to understand as I live every day on this earth. What does that actually mean? Mary knows that God is keeping his promise to Abraham to be merciful to the people of Israel forever. Mary understood this. She was not surprised when her, her son eventually announces that he's the Messiah because she has known since before he was born because the angel, the heavenly messenger, shared that prophecy over her. It makes me wonder why, why do we act so surprised when, when God comes through for us? When God does what he says he's going to do, sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. God showed up. Can you believe it? How could that be? And yet if we read the word, if we are in scripture, if we understand God even a little bit, we know that he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is the, the great I am, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He will not 
forsake us. We do not need to be afraid because he is always with us, fighting on our behalf when we feel misunderstood, persecuted, oppressed. When these things are happening, we know that God is fighting on our behalf and we don't need to be so surprised when there's breakthrough, when there's revelation, when there's a miracle that happens because God, that's exactly the kind of God that we serve. I hope and pray that this song, that Mary's song gives you peace today, wherever you are. Maybe what you want to do after you listen to this podcast is go pick up your Bible and read it for yourself at the end of Luke chapter one. Let it wash over you, marinate in it. Mary speaks of that great reversal. The Jews had been oppressed, massively oppressed by the Roman Empire. And to speak of a king who will, who, who will you know, demote and overthrow the powerful and the rich and elevate the poor and humble means only one thing, that God is moving towards setting them free. I wonder if she even knew what that would mean when Jesus comes and he spends his whole life explaining that it is not in the way that humans, that we humans will understand it. We have such a limited perspective. But she did know Jesus's purpose. I'm sure she did. But she probably still viewed it like everybody else did. Isn't that wild? I mean, even his own mom didn't really know how this was going to manifest, what that was going to look like. All she knew is that she was favored and highly blessed, and the Lord was giving her a very special task to birth and raise the Savior of the world. And then at that point, Jesus takes over. He differentiates himself. As I'm saying this, I'm thinking about being a parent, being a mom myself. And for those of you that are launching kids or have launched kids, they no longer live under your roof. They are growing into their own adulthood. They are finding their way. Sometimes this can be very tricky when we know that God has given us a very beautiful and specific task to to birth or adopt and raise our children. And then at some point, it is time to release them. I would suggest that we release them in our hearts all along the way to God's care. But physically, when they are no longer in our home, when they are 18 years old and they are doing their, their own thing, when they are living their own life, how can we release them and, and bless them to go live and be the, the kingdom world changers that God has created them to be? And it's so hard sometimes because we just want to hang on so desperately. I wonder if Mary felt that way. You know, Jesus came humble and born in a stable, riding on a donkey, crucified on a cross. Nothing about the way it played out fell in line with what the, the human expectations were, what the religious expectations or political and social expectations, nothing about that was the same. He is ushering in a brand new kingdom. And I want to ask you today, how do you need to shift your perspective to see Jesus in a new way this year? What have you been expecting of Jesus? What have you been expecting of God to do in your life? And yet God's saying, I am bringing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? This is the last podcast episode of 2023, and we will be rolling into a new year. This is the perfect capstone for, for ending one thing and rolling into something new. 
What is God bringing in? What, what seeds of the kingdom are being planted inside you that you will water and nurture and grow and allow God to do his holy work in you? When Mary said in, in her song, she says, and now generation after generation will call me blessed. Do you think she was being proud? Do you think that was Mary being like, oh, now I'm going to be super famous. People are going to worship me. No, she was recognizing and accepting the gift God had given her. She knew that God would be famous, that God would be blessed because of what he was birthing in her. She actually, in some ways, I would argue she had a prophetic vision over herself. She's declaring that what God is doing in her, she is prophesying over her own future. What would it look like for you to actually have a prophetic vision for yourself, knowing who you are, how God made you, how he has designed you, what gifts and talents he's given you, how he is working his spirit in your flesh? Write that down. Ask God to give you a a, a vision or some words that will help you describe and even prophesy over yourself today because you know that you are a child of God and God's work in you is going to bring about his plans and purposes. What could that look like in your life? If Mary had denied, imagine if Mary had denied this incredible position and she said, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. You definitely need to go choose somebody else. I am not up for this. No, 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 I'm not married. I don't really plan to have a baby anytime soon. She would have been throwing God's blessing back at him. This gives me chills even as I say it. How are we, how are you and I tempted to throw God's blessing back in our life? He has given us so much. He has planted us in this place and in this time. He wove us together in in our mother's womb. And yet, so often when we don't walk in faith, when we don't walk in, in holy confidence, we just throw God's blessing back in his face and we we take it for granted. We don't trust it. We don't trust him. Do you think there is a possibility that you could be taking for granted what God has given you and even throwing blessing back in his face? I feel convicted by that idea right now and I'm going to be praying about that and asking God, praying for repentance and saying, God, if there's any way in which I am not receiving your blessing because of my own pride, because of my own stubbornness, because of the own flesh that is rising up in me, Please forgive me. May tear it down, take it down, do the pruning work that you need to do because I want to receive and walk in the blessing that you have for me. You know, the main idea is that God's kingdom is a kingdom of humility and love. Man, do we need to remember that today. Some of you that that grew up in the church, you might remember this, this song. It's a little cheesy, I, I got to admit. But I, you know, in the old Methodist handbook, I remember singing, singing at camp. They will know we are Christians by our, what? They'll know we are Christians by our power, by our politics, by our pride, by our fame, by our achievements, by our money, by our wealth. Like that's how they'll know we're Christians? No. The world will know we are Christians by our love. How are you loving people right now? How am I loving people This is the constant work of the spirit. The flesh brings death and the spirit brings life. The only way that we can shine God's light in this world is to extend our hand, to open our hearts and receive and to love other people. 
the true love of God is honestly more powerful than anything in the kingdom of man. How can we show that today? As you're listening to this, is there someone that comes to mind? Is there a face that flashes in your mind's eye? Is there a name that comes to you? Is there someone who's been on your heart that you think, you know what? I don't need to shut this person out anymore. I am feeling compelled to extend a hand of love. And guess what? When you extend a hand of love and grace and openness, that is the only thing you can control. You cannot control whether that other person receives it, how they respond. The only thing you can do is be true to the Holy Spirit and the conviction that he's put inside your own heart and soul and walk in love by taking care of the poor and the marginalized and giving generously by of your time, of your money, whatever that looks like. The ultimate picture of pride, I believe, is to refuse to accept God's gifts or take credit for what God is doing. So if you refuse to accept his gifts or you decide to take credit for what's happening, I would say that you are walking in pride. And yet what is humility? Humility is accepting the gifts that God gives you, receiving the gifts that God gives you and using them to praise and serve God, giving him the glory. That's exactly who Mary was. That's what she did. And that's why generation after generation calls her blessed. You know, travel, travel was not easy in those days. Now, was it? (laughs) I'm guessing it wasn't. And so, you know, long visits with your, with your relatives was actually pretty customary. And as Mary sits there for these three months, can you even imagine Mary and Elizabeth spending those months together? This was a time for Mary to get filled up and be prepared to walk in the best, hardest thing she would ever do. If you're walking in the best, hardest thing right now, who is filling you up? Where can you go? To whom can you turn to get filled up for the next leg of your journey? Because we cannot, we should not do this alone. Who can bless you and who can you bless along the way? I love Oswald Chambers. You guys know this. And here's a quote that I want to share with you as I, as I kind of wrap this up. And it says, when I have really transacted business with God on his covenant and have let go entirely, there's no sense of merit, no human ingredient in it at all, but a complete overwhelming sense of being brought into union with God. And the whole thing is transferred with peace of joy. We see Mary in this entire narrative to include this song of letting go entirely. She is not taking one ounce of credit. There's no sense of merit or I'm better than anybody else. She is completely giving herself over to the Lord. She is brought in in complete union with him, literally and spiritually, because Jesus is inside of her and the whole thing is transferred with peace of joy. That's what we see. What does it look like in your life right now to be so connected with Christ that the fruit that is coming out of you is peace and joy and not stress and strife? I want to leave you with seven things that I noticed from Mary's song and potentially will will bless you too as, as we move forward into the next year. What do we notice? Number one, we notice a posture of worship and praise. That is how she starts this song, and she is praising God. What does proper positioning look like in your life? You know, when you are at 
the deepest, darkest space. One thing you can do is just turn to worship and praise. Find that music that you love. Find a worship set. Find, open your Bible and just begin praising God. Things will begin to shift from there. Number two, she celebrates. She recognizes that God is there. He is with her. She gives the proper praise and celebration. She worships. She celebrates. And then she names God. She recognizes who God is. She calls him the mighty one, the great liberator. Who is God for you? Maybe you want to look up some of the names of God. What are some of the other things that he calls himself? I actually have a, a list in Untangled Faith of all the of all the names of Jesus, and it's pretty amazing because he's the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace and the Great I Am and the and the Good Shepherd and the you know on and on and on the Living Water. Who is God and who is He for you? She worships, she celebrates, she names God, and then she testifies. She testifies of what God has done in the past. And she prophesies over what he will do in the future. In Revelation, we read that we will overcome. You will overcome by what? The blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ, and the word of your testimony. How is God inviting you to use your voice to testify of his goodness in your life so that other people can know the love of God, see the power and the and the transformation, the revelation that he can bring in their life, the breakthrough, simply from your testimony, simply from sharing what God has done in your life. After she testifies, she prophesies. We discussed this a little bit. What will God do in the future? What what vision is God casting over you? What words have you received? What You don't need someone else, another human being to prophesy over you. God will prophesy over you. When you read scripture, when you see who he is and what he does for his people, you have prophecy that you can lean into. What will he do for you in your future? Number six, we recognize that God, God's power. Mary recognizes that he is the one who's ultimately in control. He is the one who, who sets up kings and throws down kingdoms. He is the sovereign God. We can rest and ultimately not fear because he is in control. And then lastly, she brings us this beautiful kingdom perspective. Humble versus proud. Are we taking credit for what God is doing, for what he has done? Or are we humbly sharing with others and glorifying him because he has given us help? He is the one who will walk with us, who will guide us. Are you walking with him? Are you listening to him? Can you hear his voice? I pray that as we end 2023, you feel the presence of God you recognize his hand at work in your life. And there are going to be some stingers. There are going to be some things that happen this year that you would not want to repeat and you would not wish on your worst enemy. And yet, if you have God in your life, you know that you know that you know that he has brought you the reason you are still standing, the reason you are still breathing, this reason reason you are still functioning is because of his hand and his hand alone and his love and his light pulling you through. Write it down. Write it down in your journal. Testify of it. Who do you need to tell? How do you need to share your voice? As we move into 2024, I'm super excited about some of the things that God is showing me to deliver on this podcast. And I hope and pray that you'll stick with me. 
God bless you. And don't forget to reach out if there's anything that you want to share with me. I'm all ears. I love to hear what God is doing. I love to to listen as you want to share where you feel stuck and see if there's anything I can do to add guidance along the path, humbly together, listening for God's voice. So love you and I'll see you in the new year. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsen or head to my website, meganbnilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.